0: All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold and I am joined by my friend and co host John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, uh, we have a winning football team at least on one day, (laughs) um, one week. Uh, Texans defeat the Jags this last Sunday. I I would say definitely the best game they've played uh, throughout four quarters Uh, obviously there were some stumbles mishaps but it was nice to get a win on the road it was nice to see the offense kind of have some cohesion I I think that was one of the biggest things I took away from this was even though it was an ugly first two or three quarters to an extent like there was a good balance Pep actually seemed to have a feel for the offense uh Davis Mills looked good uh Damian Pierce looked fantastic uh, with the the Beast Quake 2.0 uh run. That run was insane. I don't know if we've seen a better run as a Texan. We've seen longer runs. I don't know if we've seen a more entertaining run.
1: You know? um,
0: and the Texans defeat the Jags on Sunday going into the bye uh with a one what is it? One, three and one. One, yeah, yeah one, three and one. one. One three and one, one game behind, or two games behind the top of the AFC South. Still with uh, two games against the Titans, uh, and then a game against the Jags and a game against the Colts. Things can change. I'm not sitting here talking playoffs or division champs, but crazier things have happened. Uh, what'd you take away from the game?
1: Um, well, <laughs> I'm a little bit more pessimistic on on than you are. I mean. Supposedly, the Jaguars were an improving team this year. Like coming into the game, everybody kept talking about how the Jaguars are actually a legitimate football team. They've shown growth, but I would almost argue that I mean the Texans did what they have pretty much been consistent about. They've played fairly level. Like even for all all everything that we complain about with even um, with Davis Mills, like the Texans have played average to slightly below average football all year. And that is all it took to beat the Jaguars as the Jaguars beat themselves. Yeah. Like I, the, I, I can see why some people, some analysts, some of the NFL talking heads kind of get excited about the Jaguars. They have, there's some talent there. There's some, there's some guys that have some potential there. Um, and I mean, it's easy to fall in love with trevor lawrence until you watch him play i think is one of the best quotes that i've ever read on twitter like trevor lawrence looks like when you just see the highlights and you look at all of his um uh measurables like yeah you're like this guy's gonna be a star and then you actually watch him play and it's kind of like are we sure about that right (laughs) because again he he he, he he still just doesn't look like he's really getting all that better. Like,
0: he... You honestly don't think he looked better this week? Than last year? No, 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 no. But then, then this season. Like, if we're looking at it... If we're just looking at this season, we're taking out last season completely. Then we look at, ha- has he developed? Has he gotten better as this season has gone on? Trevor Lawrence? Oh, I'm I sorry. Th- I thought you meant Davis Mills. My bad. No,
1: no, 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 no. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. He's he Trevor Lawrence, in of itself, from what I've seen, has got to be the worst roller coaster ride ever. Yeah, like there's times where you're like, okay, he flashes, this guy's gonna be like an NFL star, and then there's other times where you're like, are we sure he's gonna even be an NFL starting quarterback?
0: Yeah, so I, I mean, I it, said it when he came out, I was not, um, I was not thrilled about what they what people saw in, in Trevor Lawrence.
1: Yeah. And as for Davis mills, like he's consistently played in the bottom third of quarterbacks this year. Um, He hasn't been the worst quarterback in the league as much as we're all complaining about him. But I think the problem is he had such a high last year where he was playing like a top 10 quarterback at the end of the year that this coming back down to earth has really kind of sucked. Yeah. And he played this past Sunday like a replacement level quarterback. Um granted, I don't know if we he has any weapons other than Damian Pierce. And Pierce though, like seriously dude. I Pierce Pierce my, Pierce is something else. Just absolutely something else.
0: Uh, da- Damien Pierce is uh everything this team needed um Damien Pierce is also the reason why you don't take a quarterback or a running back in the first round uh Damien Pierce is he- he's possessed bro I mean he really is he should be demon Pierce like whoever said that is hundred percent right like this guy runs possessed absolutely yeah. possessed I mean and his contact balance is by far one of the craziest things I've seen from an athlete.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's top five in, in the NFL in rushing after being criminally underused the first two weeks of the season. I mean, I'd even argue last week, he only had 14 touches. Still got 130 yards, but yeah. you know, this is, uh, it's scary because he's exactly why you don't draft a running back in, in the first round. Um, because there's always going to be a guy like this that comes from like a college that believes in sharing reps or that they just have so much talent on their and their on their roster because that Florida team like there there was a there's a bunch of running backs there's a couple a couple other guys that are going to end up playing in the NFL as well. So you kind of get why he wasn't overused in college and thankfully he wasn't because the problem of finding a a running back so soon is we don't have the team to support a running back. Like a running back's almost like that last piece you want to find because their careers are so short and the way Pierce runs, his career is probably, I mean, we're going to get six or seven good years out of him. Um, I hope that there's always an exception to a rule, but the way he runs and as violent as he runs and the physical type of play that he has, let's five to six years. And I have this bad feeling that he. Could end up being one of those running backs a little bit like Arian Foster where you're just like, you know, if we only had some talent around him. Because he's gonna because the weight he just leaves it out there. And I mean he's exciting, he's exciting to watch. Like you they think that you think that he's gonna be tackled for a loss and all of a sudden he squirts out. Like so many times he just squirted it out of that pile like I mean, yeah. Demon Pierce, like that, that's that's a great nickname for him. I mean, great, great nickname for him.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's there's lots of things happening right now that I, I feel like the reason why we should be optimistic is that the arrow is trending up in a lot of different areas that it really hasn't in the past, right? The past year, I would say last season to this season, I think like one. New offensive scheme, new offensive play caller. It's going to take time. New running back, pretty much a new offensive line. Like, yeah, okay, we have the bookend tackles, but outside of that, that interior of the offensive line is is brand they're brand new, all three of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Jimmy Morrissey is playing was playing, but now he's not. Now it's Quisenberry. Um, so you have that. Brandon Cooks is has disappeared completely. He's a non-factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now you're taking away the most reliable wide receiver and you're inserting a second-round guy in Nico Collins, who, by the way, is flashing. Uh, mm-hmm. He's open. He looks like what you want him to be. But at the end of the day, that that's all Davis has. Not much production from the tight ends to the point to where Jordan Aikens is your number one productive tight end uh, on your team, which is not saying uh, – it's not a bad thing in my opinion. I've always liked Aikens. I've always thought he had the ability to be a, a, a good, dependable tight end. Um, but when you look at the offense as a whole, there's just so many new pieces on offense. I think it's unfair to think that Davis Mills could come in this season and show what he showed the last four to five games of last season. Um, And when you see and watch the offensive line run blocking from an effort perspective, if we just talk pure effort compared to last year, it's much different. Um, Pass blocking is much better much improved there's just things that are going right right now that the win against Jacksonville going into the bye was really as good of a scenario as you can have as a Texans fan and and the reason being is Davis Mills did play his best game did he did he was he off the charts no he wasn't off the charts did he make some throws when he needed to yes and those were that was the biggest complaint for Davis through the first four weeks was the fact that he was not making the throws when we needed him to make the throws. The Nico catch, the Aikens uh throw. Like there are throws that the the, the Nico catch uh, the one that I thought was amazing was the Nico catch on the slant where he threw it straight into Nico's hands while Nico dove for the ball. Like there are just things that are working that people need to see that we just need to see consistently. And this is the first time we right. actually got to see it. But there's reasons to believe that this can continue.
1: No and I mean that's that's part of it like first off on Nico Collins he he he's playing faster like that was my that's been my dig about Nico and my concern about Nico like he would just look out there like he was just moving in slow motion like even though he I mean he should be a faster player he's a big target he's a guy that you're just you were just waiting for something for him. The past couple of weeks, he looks like he's been playing faster, uh, especially when he has been targeting. So that in my mind is a good sign. Uh, Cooks almost like they're forcing it to him, but just something's not right there. Like they are forcing him, him the ball, but it's just not right at all. But Davis Mills, the biggest problem we have talked about him is is consistency, because um, he'll show these flashes where you're like, okay. A couple of drives each game, you're like, okay, you can see why the Texans want to stick with him, what's going to happen. Maybe there's a hope. Maybe he's going to get over that hill. And then he always stalls out. This week, thankfully, he didn't stall out, partly because Damian Pierce came in and, you know, just took the team on his back for that for that last touchdown. But with Mills, I mean, again, we we've been preaching patience. He's going to get all season to play. He's going to get every chance to grow. And he is very, very young. Very young. Um, I think it was actually Levy Smith that was pointing out, hey, this kid has not played a lot of football. I'm just give him time. So they're going to give him time. And we can't complain about it. We can't say if it's a right or wrong decision. It is what it is. and We can just react to it every week and just hope it continues to get better. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of telling. Jordan Akins drops back in. All of a sudden, he looks like one of our best offensive players. I still don't know what is going on with Tyler Johnson. I, I think that he's up to 20 total snaps since for the season, and he looked pretty good for the Buccaneers last year. And, and a team that ha- this team with as little wide receiver talent as we have, you'd think something would be going on there, but
0: I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I'm of the mindset that honestly, I I believe Mills is here this year and next year, unless he falls off a cliff. Mm-hmm. I think Mills is here next year. I, I don't see them. I mean, maybe they take a quarterback, right? Like if they're in a position where they believe that quarterback is their guy, I think they'll take one. So if it's Bryce or Levi, I don't see it being Stroud. But if it's if it's Bryce or Levi and Nick is in love with him and thinks that that's the guy of the future, I could see him taking it. Outside of that, I honestly believe there's a three-year plan with Mills. I think they want to see where he's at next year. I don't think this is the end-all, be-all year for Mills.
1: I think that it's all still up up in the air. All we know for sure is this year is Mills. That's it. Now, if he shows growth, yeah, he's going to be our quarterback again next year. It's just so hard to find a quarterback. I just, I i don't see any situation where him showing improvement will make him lose the job. Unless, again, there's a prospect that really, really jumps out. And at this time, like, I don't know. I'm still not in love with any of them. Like Bryce Young, I want be good but he he's a little bit on the smaller side um, will Levin the uh, quarterback for Kentucky that's starting to get a lot of hype has a high ankle sprain and I'm actually really bummed about that because South Carolina just played I'm gonna that's usually when I get to really focus on on on, on these guys um, granted South Carolina beat Kentucky and Kentucky was ranked so I'm pretty happy about that yeah. but it would I would have liked and been able to see Levin to see if he would be a decent quarterback prospect um, and at this point, though, like none of the prospects out there are making me go, "Yeah, we should definitely dump Mills for them yet, and I imagine that it's probably similar for for the Texans like we know that at this point, we can pretty much confidently say that wills or that Mills won't be the guy that gets once us the Super Bowl, but could he be that bridge quarterback until the right quarterback comes along? Yeah. That's still something that's very much in play. Could he be that quarterback that maybe holds on to a playoff caliber team? I think so. I think that if he shows growth, he could be that guy. I mean, he sh- his flashes have shown that he can be that guy. Is he going to be the quarterback that saves our franchise? No. Like, that's just, that's not, that's not happening. But could he be a piece? Possibly.
0: What's your philosophy on on how to how to build a roster? You get lucky. No, <laughs> oh, no, no. Like seriously, like right now, like if you no, were looking I'm at the Texans' serious. roster, I am it's...
1: dead serious. You take as many shots as you possibly can.
0: I'm not talking about the you... quarterback, though. I'm talking about in general.
1: Yeah, I am too. I think that my philosophy would have been that actually have spent money on younger free agents, uh, undrafted free agents, get as many draft picks as you possibly can and get as many young guys and just circle through because scouting, um, team development is an inexact science. Um, every one of these um, NFL coaches knows way more about football than any of us ever hope. Like the, the most junior offensive analyst on the uh, Houston Texans knows way more about football than any of us out there on Twitter. Like that's just bar none. And the margin of error or the margin of difference between probably the smartest coach and the dumbest head coach in, in the NFL is probably not that big. Like we get to see it, we get to see everything in slow motion. We get to see just what the uh the product on the field. We don't get to see the behind the scenes, we don't get to see the locker room, we don't even I'm I'm sure a big part of being a head coach in the NFL is also how much they have to deal with their ownership or just managing ownership and other influences. But I'm actually of a believer that head coaches that don't think they have all the answers um, really are all pretty much all the same. Like it really doesn't matter. You're just looking for the tiniest bit of advantage. And that tiniest bit makes you look like a genius. And you don't know it with coaching. You don't know who has that tiniest bit of it. You don't know who has that tiniest little bit that sets them apart. You don't know it with scouting your players. You don't know it until you get these guys out there playing. And I honestly just believe it's almost like buying lottery tickets. Like, you just got to buy more, get more chances to find out who's good. And that's... all.
0: I always seem to forget that uh, like when we have conversations, you, you think it's me and you, but from an entertainment perspective saying it's luck and not having a philosophy on where you would go to build the roster and how you would actually build it. Doesn't really give our listeners any reason to tune back in <laughs> at all. Okay. Like it well it's, not, it's the truth, but it's not the truth. Like with like, you have a better chance of having luck if you do your homework and you prepare mm-hmm. and you scout. Like if you are looking to build your roster and so you're, with this you're philosophical saying that,
1: that these guys that are professional, that this is their entire job. They're getting paid very well to come in and do nothing but football all day long. Correct. They are all professional. They are all putting the time in. They all right. are. Looks like maybe for Urban Meyer, but or regardless. Um these, these coaches it's more finding the guys that can understand that they aren't that they aren't perfect, that they can't get attached to certain players. And if I was building a team, the biggest problem that I have with Casario is they're almost too loyal to certain veterans.
0: Like, now do we think that that that's head, because perfect, of like, where for, we're like? Do for, we think for, that's because of where we're at? Like all the dead money. Like the lack of cap, like the plan of, you know, potentially freeing up this cap over last year and this year to get to a Mm -hmm. point to like, you know, like, do we really have a sample size to be able to say, like, I really hate that we rely on these vet guys, but like, also taking into account the fact that like he inherited like this massive, massive cap travesty. So.
1: There's that's part of the reason why I also don't get too mad about it, because all the all the situation around it but for example rex burkhead may be one of the five best players on our team just from a football knowledge where to be um just executing his job as a football player but why the fuck is he on the roster
0: yep
1: he all those things may be true the guy is at his ceiling, like he's never going to be any better. He's already past his ceiling, like he's on the downslope of his career. And especially at running back where you have to just churn your roster because you never know where the next quality running back is going to come. We're allowing him to take up place. So we're not letting other players play.
0: I, so, I agree with that. I, I agree. Like, if we're talking about Burkin only, then I agreed. But then, like, people tend to leave out, like, Steven Nelson, who – Looks to be a really good signing for mm-hmm. what we were expecting from Steven Nelson, right? Jerry Hughes, another guy. Productive, like doing what we need him to do. Is he like this household name? Not anymore, but like he, he plays the game well. Like there are things that he has done in free agency with his hands tied behind his back that have been solid additions to this team. Would you agree? Yeah.
1: Oh, definitely. But with our, with our defense, I almost feel like that's different because that almost seems like an NFL quality defense. If you look at, what was it? Um, It's one of those, shoot. I gotta, I gotta find it. Our defense is above average NFL right now. Like, just any way you measure like our our defense is there. Like those veteran pieces make sense there because you also have some young talent on on that side of the ball that are contributing. Whereas on the offense, I feel like the offense is such a mess that other than Pierce, like they shouldn't be trying to force veterans to play they should be going out there and looking for younger players. And they should, if they're going to play veterans, they should be rotating them in until they get production out of them. Like, I I agree. Like it wasn't right. Like the fact that they kept bringing back Conley, just that pissed me off more than Burkhead and nothing against Conley. He's a fine, like practice club player on a team that's going to the playoffs. Like he's a bubble player that come in, help out a team that's going for to the playoffs. But when you're sitting there trying to find talent, why is he taking up? Why is he taking up a roster spot? And I would say that, as of right now, the argument for the defensive side of the ball with the veterans there, they've already found talent there. Like those those veterans can help support. On the offense, they're still looking for talent, and there's veterans that are below league average. Don't do anything to help support those.
0: I would agree with you. Like, when I look at the offense, like, I, I think that there there were things that he could have done to sign. But, like, honestly, like John Mechie, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody knew he was gonna be going to be fighting cancer when he was right. drafted, right? And free agency was already done um, when that was announced. So, like, when you look at the wide receiving core, you think Brandon Cooks, based off of what we've seen last year and his age, should be fine and continue to be a thousand yard receiver. Then you add like second year developing Nico Collins, who has developed and looks like he's going to be a player. And then you add to the slot, John Mechie who was probably, if I had to guess the outside of the first round picks was the guy that everybody was most excited about. Um, And so it's like, did he hamper the offense or did he have a plan? And then the plan was kind of, Nicks I mean and then he goes I'm... and grabs Tyler Johnson who actually has been a productive player mm-hmm. and has shown a twitch and ability to play in the slot like you know like I guess like I really don't want Nico go- or I don't want Nick going out and spending unnecessary money on on talent that's not going to be here when when we need them to be here like I'd rather have that cap to resign Titus Howard and like the like some of the young guys as we get to a point to when they're coming off their rookie contracts and things of that nature are, are kind of the way I see it now I know we're four years away but I also want them to be able to next year when they have a full draft again and they're adding pieces they're adding Will Anderson and they're at you know whatever it may be then they're able to go out and supplement that roster with free agency in a year where maybe they're competing maybe they're better Maybe they're on the track of actually competing whatever it may be, but this year is truly a waste. so like why would you pay players to come here when you know it's really not gonna matter?
1: Yeah, and I'm not saying that you spend money big money on free agency. I'm saying that you go after and you look after younger practice squad players. like our practice mm. squad should should definitely be churning. like there should be players being released and brought in just about every week that are unprotected. Like they should be looking for other guys somewhere. Yeah. And because, yeah, if we cut Burkhead, if we cut um, Burkhead's always, I, I almost feel bad making him the, uh, the, <laughs> the uh, punching bag on this. But if we cut Burkhead, yes, we're going to be a worse team in the short term. But you don't know what you might go out there and find. You don't know what's going to happen if you let these other guys play. Like Daria, uh Darien Balat Like bless him. Like he's a phenomenal athlete, but he's already been a practice squad player for for the Texans before. He's been a borderline player on other Tampa Bay on other teams like Tampa Bay last year, and he's another actual good example of that at the running back position, where he should be on a playoff team, not just sitting on the bench taking up space of a young, possibly a younger player on a team that's not going anywhere and he's not getting any touches anyways. Like they should be looking for a guy that can compliment Pierce. And with the running back position specifically, lots of times all it takes is just going out there and find some of these younger players that just haven't had a chance to play.
0: Yeah, I I would say that, like, I don't know. We're gonna see more, we'll understand the Nick Casario plan more in twenty twenty three than we do in twenty twenty two. I guess my whole point is when we take into the account the situation that Nick was in and is getting us out of, it's really hard for me to really say, like Nick's really frustrating with me with the like Burkhead, I understand, but in all actuality, Burkhead actually had a pretty solid game on Sunday. Like,
1: yeah, and I mean that's that's not my point. Like my point is right now, Burkhead's a fine player. It's just what what do we gain from it from the long term having him?
0: We gain some stability, and maybe at a position where we really don't have any, uh, especially on a team that literally has no stability, like anywhere other than we, the secondary. Like we get that, for, like, we we get the, that for one, we get that for what
1: one more season? Yeah, maybe. Like, right? I mean.
0: And maybe I mean, they draft not... another guy in the third. Like you never know.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of my point. Like why? Why? Like what's the end game with him? Now, if it was the, if the offense was where our defense was, and our offense was an above average o- offense, I'm like, okay, it makes sense because we are legitimately trying to be competitive. But right now, I feel like we should be going out there trying to find talent to get you know to get the offense just better get some energy some juice in there because uh, yeah part of it is davis mills but the other part of it is there's just not a lot on that offense
0: there isn't there's literally nothing on this offense pierce <laughs> i mean that's it and and nico, yeah right hopefully like hopefully, hopefully. Like- and
1: i mean nico it's still just it's still i, I hate to say the word tease but you're you're, you're seeing to see him flash but it, it's not been consistent yet Right.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. I guess what I was trying to get to with the philosophy of of building a, a team is more or less that um, there, there's this debate on, and I, I, I have a meeting in 10 minutes, so I, I doubt we'll be able to go through all of this, but there's this debate of, like, you take the quarterback. Like, you got to take a quarterback this year. Like, you have to. You have to take a quarterback. This team is so much better with, with a quarterback right now than you know, where it would be with Mills, right? If you put in Bryce or Stroud or Levi, this this team is head and shoulders above where it was. And I just don't agree with that. Like, I truly don't. Like, I don't think this team, maybe you win one more game, maybe. But like with that new quarterback comes a ton of growing pains. Like we're not talking about taking an Andrew Luck prospect who's going to step in and understand the NFL. We're talking about guys who are going to have to go through growing pains. They're going to have to perform consistently. They're going to have to understand NFL speed. They're going to have to understand NFL defensive schemes. Like they're going to have to understand timing and chemistry. Like there's just so much that goes into it. And to think that you should just go take a quarterback to solve your problem doesn't really solve your problem for a couple of reasons. One, this roster is so talent deficient on almost every level other than the secondary and I guess maybe the offensive line, like it's still early offensive line definitely is peaking and looks like they'll be good. But right now the most consistent performing position group of this team is the secondary, right? Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So if we add Stroud, Levi or or Bryce, these guys are going to have to learn and they're going to have to learn with no talent. Now, in my mind, you, you take a quarterback when the quarterback is there. So if Nick has his eye on a quarterback and, and one of them is in the next draft, you take him no matter what. If Nick believes this guy is going to be the guy, you take him and you learn. But if Nick doesn't believe that the quarterbacks that are available are going to be his long-term answer at the position, then you don't take a quarterback. You start to invest in the rest of the roster. I'd prefer to be a Cleveland or a... Rams in the sense of, I have every single other position group ready. All I'm missing is the quarterback. And even if it's not a young guy, like I don't need it to be. I don't need him to be young. I just need him. If we get a Stafford level year, like look at the Rams, they've had everything but a quarterback. They well, get the a quarterback.
1: I would almost throw out there that Matthew Stafford is almost the perfect example of why.
0: Yeah, so exactly. Stafford,
1: you had Stafford and Calvin Johnson on on the lines. Stafford was deserving of the number one pick when he was taken number one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it wasn't enough. It was not it enough. Wasn't. The Lions were still a mediocre team, so no, I definitely agree. That's what kind of my point was. Like you look to fill the roster with as many players as you can, and no, unless you are one hundred percent sure that the quarterback coming in is going to change your franchise. Then, I don't think you take a quarterback yet until you get where where our where our team is. You don't take a quarterback yet. You just it makes no sense because two years ago, that would have been Trevor Lawrence, right? Look how well that's turning out. The Jaguars have holes everywhere still, and a quarterback just doesn't fix it.
0: Well, and what's and the most valuable contract in all of the sports, John? A quarterback, rookie quarterback contract. A hundred percent, right? Like, and and not only that, like we see, like Cleveland is a prime example of what the Texans should not do. And until like recently. So if you just look at the history of the Browns, they've taken quarterback after quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. Fire head coach, three years, new offensive coordinator, hire new coach. You know, and when you do that, all you're doing is shooting yourself in the foot your quarterback can develop because the offensive scheme is changing every other year, right? It we're in a situation now where we know Lovey isn't the full-time answer. We know he's here for two, maybe three years at max. Do you really want to draft a guy, get him used to an offensive scheme, fire the head coach, who then which means the rest of the staff is gone. Now you have to hire a new head coach to bring in a new offensive coordinator, right? Like it's just it it where this team is From a team-building perspective, you don't want to take a quarterback right now. You just don't. Unless, and this is the only way, unless it's this guy is identified as the game-changer. Well, I mean, even then, that's not a guarantee. Right, 100%. Nothing is a guarantee. Nothing is a guarantee. I'm not not dealing in guarantees. I'm just saying, like, if that is your answer, you think you've scouted, you've put everything Mm -hmm. you can into it, and you think this guy can be that, then you do it.
1: Yeah. Unless you're just also put in a position where you kind of have to take him. Yeah. Because I would argue that even the Jaguars taking Trevor Lawrence like Trevor Lawrence is identified as that guy, even though and that your roster was a mess. I don't think that there was any way they couldn't take him, even though it probably would have been better to trade for all the picks in the world because that's what you probably would have gotten for him. Like just the big, probably one of the biggest drafts. You probably kind of had one of the biggest trades ever. Yeah. But you're just also in a situation where there's public pressure and probably for, sure even from the ownership. Like everybody identifies that a quarterback can change your franchise. Whereas that's not entirely true. Um, I mean, honestly, like when you look at some of these prospects, you could see, yeah, that guy, that, that quarterback probably will be better than Davis Mills but will the team be better five years from now just having a better right. quarterback versus having a better supporting staff around a replacement level quarterback?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. All right. I actually have to hop. I had somebody show up that was showed up early to the house um, and should not have. So um, yeah, uh, great week by week. I know you guys want us here every week. Unfortunately, it's just life has changed a lot. I was in Chicago all of last week. Um, John's got some traveling and things he's got going on as well um, But we will definitely be here as often as we can uh, We will be at some games We'll be at the Browns game together for sure um, But we will be here when we can be here So I just want to make sure I, I let you guys know that um, Great win, great to see Damian Pierce Good to see the defense uh, kind of show up in a sense um, And excited to see what we could the Texans can do after the bye Uh, But with that being said, I am Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We'll catch you guys next week.